I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So I'm just... I'm, All right. Sorry, Super just, exciting. I somebody on, <laughs> on uh, Slack. Oh, really? Like, are, are you busy, Tim? I'm sorry. Should we come back here and do this some other time? Hey everybody, welcome to episode 65 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. How's it going? And I'm also joined by my other co-host in Seattle, Washington, Jaime Lopez. How's it going? Alrighty, so... Sorry, Jaime, I just totally stole your thunder there. I, it came out, I didn't know what happened. <laughs> no, it's fine. Set trend and everything, just work with How's it. How's it going, eh? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. So, uh, yeah, so... Here, here, uh, let, me, let me break this one in for you here, All Tim. right, sure. Uh, okay, so, uh, as you may or may not know, today was iPad Pro launch day, and our own Tim Mitra went to mm-hmm. the Eaton Center store downtown Toronto and scooped himself one of the big bad boys. So, yep. Tim, maybe you want to tell us about it. Sure. Well, I mean, the story about how I got the iPad, or well, sure, tell it all. Tell us yeah, all. Yeah. Well, I mean, Aaron said to me yesterday we were at a meetup, and he said, you know, it would be really a meetup. Cool we're at Taco. A Taco, yes, a meetup for Taco, and which is our local Cocoa Heads group. And he said, uh, you know, it'd be really cool if you could go down and lay your hands on one and let us know what you think about it. I'm just said, hoping okay, well, you'd look at it. Well, and I had to go get my passport renewed, so I was on my way down to the office today to do that. And it's they're very close to each other, right? And um, uh, of course, the passport office is closed because it's Remembrance Day. I should have thought about that, you know. But oh, really? Uh, yeah, Remembrance Day is it's Veterans Day in the states, isn't it? I mean, it is. Yeah. So, and I don't know if many institutions close on. Um, I didn't know the federal government shut down on Remembrance Day. Yeah, well, I know the provincial government does. The beer stores were closed, and, and oh. I was on the streetcar, and at 11 o'clock, they stopped the streetcar, and the whole TTC shuts down for a minute of remembrance and reflection. And, yeah, you know, well, yeah. It's pretty much like that in the United States. The, uh, yeah. the banks close, the government offices. I'm not sure which yeah. ones stay open, but most of them close. Yeah, no mail delivery and that kind of stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, you know, of course, and, and the Eaton Center is right down by Queen Street. And thankfully, I didn't take the Queen Queen Street car. I might have thought about it again because it was also uh, closed off because that's right by our city hall where they, they you know do a flag ser- or a poppy ceremony or whatever, wreath laying kind of thing. Um, yeah. So so the Eaton store was there and I, and I was on my way to another appointment and I, and I stopped in to see if they had any on display. And I walked through and, of course, there was no iPad Pros anywhere. Apparently, they will be on display on Friday, by the way, if anybody wants to go down and check them out at the Eaton Center. Um, so... Yeah, and I and I just saw one of the runners coming from the back of the of the store carrying one. I went, oh, hey, you know that must have been like one of the pre order because I know if you ordered them today or you ordered them this morning, you could have had them picked up in the store. Like some of the, our friends from California and Texas were saying that they were able to pick them up at the store. Yeah, they went on sale last at midnight last night, and uh, so I saw a few people in my Twitter stream had yeah. purchased one and then gone back to bed. That's funny. I was up to three, and I waited till three fifteen, and I didn't see them anyway. So did I, you I gave... did you look on the website or on the App Store app? I, did, I tried both because I saw some okay. people. Some people have posted pictures from the App Store app itself. Right. Like, it's so, yeah. Always, always, always. The best way to go is with the app rather than the yeah. website. Well, I mean, so that could have been maybe it could have been an Apple Canada thing. Who knows, right? Yeah, it seems likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny too. Before you go on, Tim, how um, it seems many stores uh, around the world, like we saw, yeah. I've seen pictures from the states. And from uh, Scotland, uh, Fraser Spears, uh, he's in um, Glasgow. Yeah, posted a picture, and oh, you yeah. know, yeah, apparently in many stores the iPad Pro is on display. But oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, not not at the Toronto Eaton Center, the flagship store in all of Canada. Yeah. Nope. That is BS, my friends. Uh, wow. Probably not as big a pile of BS. Not steaming as much. Yeah. Not not as odiferous. Let's say. Yeah. As the fact that there's no pencil and keyboard available for another month, I'm hearing. So, well, that, yeah, that's that's also what Canada. What's up with that? That's also the other retail store as far oh. as Canada is concerned. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. other Apple store. Yeah. So, um, and, and so is the pencil and keyboard not available in the states today? Not available well, anywhere, or? no matter anywhere, who you okay. are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm rocking my pencil by 53, and I'm loving it. So. Well, you're gonna are you gonna get a pencil from Apple? Pencil by uh, Apple? Yeah, you know, what, like, like you know, the, the pencil works really well. And, and the Palm, I think um, Dave DeLong mentioned that the Palm Rejection. detection is, is part of the OS. So okay. I've been able to, I've been using it for the last couple of hours, obviously, and, and, and not had any problem with putting my Palm on the, on the iPad directly. So on the iPad Pro. So anyway, so coming back to the story was, uh, you know, at 3.30, I'm th- sitting there thinking, you know, I'm good, there's probably going to be none left when I go back to the Eaton Center. And uh Sure enough, all the space grays were gone. Right, you just went. I walked up to the guy at the front of the store as, the, as I was told to do the, in the morning, but I couldn't, didn't have time to do. And, and I said, "Do you have any left?" And he showed me they had stock on the gold and the and the silver. So, what the hell? I'll take a silver, please. You know. And, <laughs> <laughs> so I got the. Um, so I was there. There you go. You know, put AppleCare on it. You know, added our HST, which is our government tax of thirteen percent, and. Sticker shock, you know. Total credit. Total bill was you said seventeen hundred. Seventeen. Yeah, hang on. Look, tell you exactly what it is. I have my Apple, my, my emailed receipt. Of course. From the Eaton store. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I was uh, looking at the Canadian pricing, and uh, I saw an article also from Australia. I believe it was a Mashable uh, Australia article. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where a similar complaint is being made. It looks like the Australian dollar is even weaker than the Canadian dollar, if, if that's even possible. Um, yeah. 
but uh, you know, a, a lot of butthurt going on about how pricey it is because of the currency conversion and blaming yeah. Apple somehow as if it were their Ooh. fault, which it, you know it obviously isn't. Um, but yeah. it is still obviously a factor in making a decision about buying it, unless your name yeah. is Tim Mitra, of course. But <laughs> given well, that, no, I mean it's still a factor for me. It's yeah. still pain. I still have to sell my iPad. Well, obviously, to, yeah. If anybody's interested in buying an iPad or two, sixty-four gig LTE. Gently used. Yes. Love. Used once. Ah, used once. That's what they say down in Breathe down. down east. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, you know, given given what you're, uh, what I've read today, I've read all the reviews, seen the videos, and, you know, been paying a lot of attention to this. And, yeah. and given what I suspect you're about to say, Tim, uh, as we talk more about the iPad Pro, I am less freaked out about the amount of money that it costs because right. I am starting to regard it as... Uh, a competitor to a MacBook more than oh, an yeah, alternative yeah. to an iPad. Like this is not, you know, just like an iPad. And so I'm going to s- see it as it should be priced around the same as an iPad. No, I see this as something I would get instead yeah, of a MacBook. I mean, and uh, what sort of sold it for me this morning was, I, and I can't remember what it was, somewhere during the day I read a preview or, or a post or a tweet or, or an article or something where somebody sort of explained that, you know, the, the, it's more a workbook or a sketchbook. As opposed to like an iPad, which is like, you know, a tablet sort of nope. I forgot what the technology was, but when, when somebody put it into the terms of a sketchbook or workbook, all of a sudden my mind kind of went, okay, yeah, this is what I was saying last week in that I use my iPads all for a lot of work that, you know, rather than just sitting and sitting there and consuming, consuming content. Right. So I do like, you know, posts and, you know, blogging and whatever, um, from and drawing as well. I mean, I did a I did a quick mock up of a like almost like a storyboard concept on this thing. You know, Ooh. yeah. So yeah. So Ooh. and and because of the size now, it's now it's literally. Oh, here, let me put a piece of paper on top of it. It's practically an eight and eight and a half, eleven piece of paper. Like I'm put, I just put a piece of paper on it, and there's like a half an hour, half an inch sticking out either side. So it's it's like sizable, and the the screen is actually taller than a thirteen inch. I've got my thirteen inch MacBook in front of me here. And it's uh, MacBook Air, and it's the screen is taller. It's it's it, if I lay it down on top of the MacBook, you would think it's it could just as easily replace the screen on a MacBook, uh, a 13 inch MacBook Air. So, size wise, it's a big in. You're you're sort of looking at the iPad Pro through the lens of yeah. an yeah. artist. You know, you're you're talking about it in terms mm-hmm. like a sketchbook and you know an artist tablet and you know a way to express yourself yep. artfully. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is. That is just one sliver on this great tree yeah. of possibility for the iPad yep. Pro, right? Like, there's so much more that it can do, or that it that it should yeah. be able to do. You know, so look at the reviews today, and I think there's a consensus out there that it's a great piece of hardware. Uh, it is surprisingly um, lightweight and mm-hmm. thin for its mm-hmm. apparent size. It is also... Uh, in, in its screen size, it seems way larger than anyone yeah. expects. You know, you pick it up and you're like, whoa, you know, like yeah. that's the impression you get. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> right? So. Oh, wait, when you hold it, when you hold uh, it. But it's good. Like when you're holding it upright, I was playing Geek Squad on it earlier today. It's freaking huge. Like when you, when you hold it up, like. Right. Like in it's a, big. Like, it's like, it's incredibly huge, you know. That with all the, the great physical characteristics of mm-hmm. the iPad Pro. Uh, overall, an excellent device, but they're viewing it as. Uh, or in the context of how can it replace a mm-hmm. MacBook, for example? Uh, can it replace the desktop? And the answer is, is to them anyway, a no. It, it's no. not there no. yet. Uh, they don't actually don't say not there yet. What they're saying is that this thing can't replace a desktop. 
So if you're thinking about it that way, stop thinking about yeah. it that way. But I think that's an extremely limited viewpoint that they, the, the yet should be added to this. And there is no fault on Apple's part in the building of the iPad Pro uh, to keep it from being a replacement for your desktop or your laptop, mm-hmm. whatever, you know? So there's, this is the sort of thing that we've been speculating on for as long as we've been doing this podcast, the divide between macOS mm-hmm. and iOS. And I think with the iPad Pro, this is my theory, my hypothesis, that Apple has, has put a stake in the ground, and they've said, um, we're not going to put an ARM chip in a Mac right. and make the Mac more like the iPad, for example. Instead... We're going to make the iPad such that it can take over what the Mac is doing. I think that if there's one message you can take away from what Apple has done with the iPad Pro, I think that is it. I think that the, that today signals the beginning of the end of the Macintosh computer. Hmm. Think about that. Think about it, Tim. <laughs> I may. I may. You think about it, too. Because here's what's happening. You, you've got a computer now that has all the advantages and the capabilities of mm-hmm. iOS, and it only lacks the software to fully replace what is there on desktop right now. And that whole distinction, I mean, when we talk about mobile versus desktop versus laptop, these are just, you know, terms of art, really, that have to do with the way we traditionally use computers. Um, you know Horace Dead Yes, you? we've heard the name before. He did a video today on YouTube where he's outlining the progression of these computers. Here it is. It's called, he calls it Desktop Computer, and it's a video that he posted on YouTube. I'm going to put a link in here for you. Um, and it's, it's funny, but it's also true. And he starts with a, a, a PowerBook, or a MacBook rather, and ends with an iPad Pro and showing how we're stepping through all of these form factors that Apple's been shipping over the last, say, 10 years or so, and how the evolution has changed such that we're now finding ourselves with this device that can now replace everything from before it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are not seeing that yet. It's, it's not clear to people that we're looking at the future, basically. Hmm. Do you see this video? Oh, sorry. Make sure it gets in the show notes, man. Sorry, hang on. So I was, I was looking at my iPad. <laughs> God, sorry, man. Distracted. Shiny. It's shiny. Hi, I mean, did you get to an Apple store today by any chance at all? I did not. I was uh, quite busy today, so I wasn't able to. But I'll probably do so within the next week or so. As I mentioned before, I'm also interested in trying out the 6s plus mm. and see how the force touch or 3d touch works on that yeah yeah i didn't even think about that when i was at the store today it's funny you were you were on well, so i mean so too. for me like i said you know i've been i've been because i knew i was going to buy an ipad pro i've been trying not desperately not to buy a new phone because of the you know the, the cost of doing that right so and, and as i said i'm now at, i'm at an impasse now with with my carrier where I don't see any incentive for staying with them in terms of, you know, now that we're at the two-year plan and, and they can only offer so much of a, of a what do you call it, um, what do you call it when they when they kick in some of the money? They um, subsidize it. Incentive? Subsidy. The subsidy they can offer is, is yeah. not, you know, it's not significant enough that I would think, well, you know, that's the defining thing between, you know, buying it through them or just going to the Apple store and laying out the cash, you know? Um, 
So, because at the end of the day, you end up paying the same thing anyway, right? But um, yeah, what? yeah. So more. I mean, so between not buying an iPhone six plus six, sorry, six S, and and um, you know, if I can if I can get move my my old iPad Air two, which I bought last year because I wanted to buy a mini, but they didn't come to the table with a proper upgrade for mini, in my opinion. Um, this iPad Pro makes all of it, all the difference. So it it is big though. I can see I can see where you know uh, what Mark was saying last week about carrying it around. But it's funny. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I find when I'm walking around with an iPad itself, it's almost a little. It's it's like a pretend computer. It's like I mean, not quite there. It's not in terms of size and and you know desktop space and whatever. It's kind of a, it's sort of a trade off, right? It's fine if you're in transport and whatever, um, but you know, and and I do like working. If I'm working on a plane, I like the size of the iPad because then you can open it up. And if you're in a economy seat and the guy in front of you wants to lean back, you're not getting. You're not like you know. I don't know if you're trying to use a laptop on a, in an economy flight. You know, you kind of have to bend the screen down and you know, you know, very carefully, very gingerly type on the keyboard, right? So I do a lot of work on on planes when I'm flying, right? But with the iPad, it's it's you know you can do a lot of things, and and I'm th- you know this particular the size of this actually worries me in terms of be able to use it because it is pretty much the size of an airplane airplane tray, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. so it, you know that that maybe, but but then again, it's flat too. It's not like you're not you're not dealing with a you know clamshell shape like you are with a laptop, right? So yeah, that's right. But yeah, it's 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 you know it's really really shiny, and really nice. I like I like the size of it. I'm pleasantly surprised with the size of it. I was kind of anticipating that maybe it wouldn't be that much bigger than a regular iPad, but... No, it's way bigger. You know, you can even see it in the photographs. When you put the three iPad sizes together, you see the the Mini and the Air are are Mm -hmm. kind of close together. And then the the pro is boom, well, the, way the, bigger. The, the actual screen itself, like the the actual bezels are the the if you if you put the iPad on the table in landscape and you put the iPad Air to in portrait, the iPad Air two is taller, but the actual screen dimensions are identical height wise. So it is right. whatever yep. this. Yep. It's, it's not it's double twin ten twenty four, but whatever that is in inches, you know, it's the same size. But but then it's got that much. Then it's yep. that much wider, right? So right. It, and it, you know, I have I haven't tried to split view yet, but um, wow, I mean, yeah, what are no, you doing? That's the whole point no, of it. But what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> the split views to me would would think I would think would be like, um, okay, here's a here's a couple of examples. I can open these guys up. So it's like having like you were saying, uh, I don't know when you were talking about this six months ago, Aaron. You were talking about having two iPad apps side by side on 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 one device, right? You know, so so right. t- so now practically I've got two identical iPad screens on one on one device. Yeah, and they're both the the key here is is how the size classes in those apps yeah. are being used, right? So when you're in landscape on the Pro and you're you've got basically two up, then those two apps are running in a regular size mm-hmm. class, a regular horizontal yeah. size class, and so it's the same uh, same view, same rendering as an iPad Air user would see holding their iPad in portrait. Right, yes. Uh, Which, you know, and uh, Federico Vatici's review um, on MacStories.net, and um, he posted a a rather long review that I took the time to read this morning because, what the hell? Um, (laughs) He he made a a lot of deal about this because, um, as you know, when apps go into compact Mm -hmm. size class for Mm -hmm. horizontal width, they they tend to lose a lot of their functionality, Mm -hmm. right? You think of uh, like messages, for example, in a, in a compact size, which is uh, to say that this, it's like the same width as you would see on an yeah. iPhone screen held yeah. held in portrait. 
you know, in messages, for example, uh, the two columns, uh, one of the message list and the other of your actual conversation gets pushed down to a single column that you have to sure. navigate between if you want yeah. to move back and forth. But when you have a regular size class, as you would on uh, a portrait iPad or on an iPad Pro on uh, landscape with mm-hmm. two up, then you can see both both columns and you can navigate both columns freely uh, in this one half of your screen, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so uh, many apps are like that. So uh, Safari's like that. Uh, Magpie's even like that. Um, if it's wider, you get to see more of your videos. And if it's narrower, you see fewer. <laughs> the, uh, the more that you can mm-hmm. see, the better. That's what it all comes down to. So I'm just... I'm, All right, sorry, super I'm just, exciting. I'm just somebody on, on uh, Slack. <laughs> oh, really? Like, are, are you busy, Tim? I'm sorry. Should we come back here and do this some other time? No, it, it's like one of these. It, I don't know if you saw a tweet I put up last week. There was a a comment about um, uh, bad UX, where you know you have you have something on your screen and um, you you you're about to put your finger down on a button and the device and the app does something different and you end up pushing the wrong button and right? moves the button. Well, and I, yes. my reply yes. to that was it. we're looking at you, Apple, right? And literally as you were talking to me there, somebody on Slack sort of said, Hey, question, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm in Slack, you know? And I'm like, I didn't, you know, I really don't want to be in Slack right now. I want to be like looking, playing around with this two screen effect that Aaron's talking about while he's talking about it. Right. And yeah, it's literally just the, the UX just took over my iPad. <laughs> All right. As long as, as long as we're doing live feedback, um, you have the official Twitter client, right? Okay. Let Launch that open, yeah. and put your iPad Pro in landscape. Uh, and describe I, I've seen pictures of this. It's terrible. Yes. So you want me to, okay. The official Twitter app in landscape. Oh, yep. just by, launch, by launch itself the without, without the, without. Yeah. Oh, by, just okay. by itself. Not, 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 uh, not side by side with anything. Just by itself. Yeah. So it's like one big strip down the middle. Is that what you're talking about? Or. You, yeah. And so you have a bunch of white gutter space on the left and the right of this Twitter yeah, stream. Well, white right? space is very good from a design perspective, you know, but no, I mean, <laughs> you're right. It's, it's literally, there's like two inches of white on the one side and two inches of white on the other side. Yeah, it's like they ha- they haven't done their homework here, but but it is still it is responding to uh, multitasking, right? So, but here's one cool thing I've got I've got now I got to remember how to say this app Dringend. I've got that open <laughs> and, as well as a, yet another app, right? Can I open a third app here? Oh, do you know it's funny too when you open no, when you, you pull down the uh, the what do you call this Today View um, notification center. Notification center, you get a big fat, you know, wide, you know, this is what's happening today. And then you get a strip of notifications of widgets on the right hand side. So it's kind of like this is a case where this is now looking like a pro app. You know, so I think there were some tweets today about uh, the fact that you've got the bigger screen. You're going to be able to create sort of pro level experiences for people. Right. So, right. And that, yeah. So, so it's like, you know, it's not like you, and I can't close and, you know, like the, so my calendar is visible. My today is visible. You know, when you go into the today view on your phone or your iPad, you get to one or the other, right? I believe you. Yeah. I think actually in iOS nine, um, all iPads get access to oh, that two okay. column. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, in, maybe in, right now. Uh, the thing that you have that I don't is that uh, month view of yeah. the calendar. Oh, okay. Federico Vitici mentioned that mm-hmm. in his review. Uh, yes, and I'm I'm looking at the today view in my iPad right. in landscape, and uh, I'm seeing a two column right. layout. Yeah, this is pretty groovy. Of course, I've added two numbers in pcalc just because I you know have to. It's just on point. 
apparently wait, wait, do. Wait, but that's an interesting question. So not counting pCalc, does the iPad Pro come with a calculator app pre-installed? I'm going to go with no. No, of course not. No, literally. Well, I restored. I restored all my apps. In fact, some of them are still restoring. Nor does it come with a weather app, nor a stocks app. Really? Hmm. Nothing. I can see some of those, right? Like, okay, weather's a little more questionable, but um, you know, a calculator app does come pre-installed on the iPhone, and I've never understood why it wasn't available yeah. on the iPad. It is a mystery. And certainly the iPad Pro, right? I mean, surely you're going to do some calculations. Well, when, when the iPad first came out, did we have a clock? Yeah. On the iPad. Not sure. Yeah, I think because there's a clock there now. But uh, yeah, and it's funny because when I, of course, I, what I did when I got home is I thought, okay, do I set this up as a new iPad or do I back up and restore? So I decided to go to the back and restore. Um, and it, it literally, I, I did this like probably three, four hours ago, and I'm still waiting for some apps to download from the App Store. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm seeing that the App Store is having some yeah, issues right now. Yeah. Uh, I've actually got some apps that uh, are not installing on my iPad mm. right now. Still not installing. Um, and I'm seeing complaints about people on Twitter saying that uh, Mac App Store apps in particular, I think, are coming up showing as corrupted. Yeah, I had to, 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 to couple, a couple of apps I used today to do the podcast. I just before The reason I re- was so late getting to you guys is because I had to uninstall them and reinstall them again, which is weird. There yeah. you go. Hmm. And also... I don't think you had to reinstall them. I think you just have to wait for them to get their. Well, no, I, it told me to delete them, so I deleted them and downloaded them again, and they were fine once I did that. The other oh. issues is a uh, noticed a couple of issues with iTunes Connect lately, and that first thing was I tried to change the price on one of my apps uh, a couple of days ago, three days ago, and uh, when I went to choose the start date and the end date, it said you can't choose any dates that are in the past. Well, nothing I had chosen was in the past, right? And so I waited a day or two went, and went right. back and tried again. But I, in the meantime, I also sent a support request into uh, iTunes about that. And they replied to me yesterday saying, yeah, we're aware of that the engineers are looking into it. And then today, uh, we were, um, we, I pushed up a test build to, to the client, and she was just about to go and publish it. And she said to me, it came back saying, you know, your app is, you know, ready to be submitted, name, and then in, bra- in parenthesis, English. So somehow the name of the app had gotten lost somewhere so so they're definitely having some issues at uh at the big fruit company yeah, yeah. there was somebody on twitter and I, I don't have it handy because it came up during the week and i didn't think to save it where it was even more comedy where <laughs> it looked like all you got was this weird like templated system of like what what it should have fed back to you from iTunes. Oh Connect, yeah, yeah. Know, like developer dot name, app dot name, yeah. like showing the source and the sort of list kind of thing, right? Sort of like a like a broken dynamic page that still gave you the the template yeah. ver- you know, view of what. Goes yeah, I vaguely on. remember seeing that. Maybe that was you tweeting that. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. <sighs> still in confidence in us. Uh, do you want to talk about like the app situation? Sure. <laughs> on the yeah, iPad Pro, it. I posted a link in here, uh, it's an article from a developer named Alex Austin, and uh, it's called Mobile App Developers yes, Are Suffering, that one. and it was posted on November 4th. This um, is nothing new to anyone who listens to this show, but I like that it was posted in, near in time to the iPad Pro launch, so uh, it gives it new life, let's put it that way. So this article explains some of the problems that developers are facing getting their apps adopted, and uh, it, it serves up some truth bombs 
that are <laughs> going to hurt you if uh, if you care about having your app adopted because this there's this graph here laying out the adoption rates for the top 1,000 non-games in the iOS App Store. And uh, the results are not yeah. pretty. Uh, the first, uh, it's it's indexed, right? It's from 0 to 1 in terms of most adoption. And number one app is Facebook. The number 10 app, Skype, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, uh, has one-tenth of the adoption of the number one app, which which means we're talking about uh, a breakdown here of, you know, if you're not number one, then you are not going to be a top right. 10. Uh, did you mention the basically. source of, the, of these stats? This is Branch, right? Uh, Branch IO. Yes, this Branch. Got, the post was originally from Branch, just just so people know that we these are real numbers from a, an analytics site, right? So, Yes, very good. So, um, and then, of course, it gets dramatically worse from there, right? So if you're looking at, uh, if you're you know, at the 200th position, most popular app, you have vanishingly less uh, I think it was one in 1,000 or something like that. Yeah, it, it quickly gets there. The, the, the top, sorry, the 1,000th most popular app uh, by the rendering of this, this graph here is an app called Pixable. Mm-hmm. You're at just 0.02% of the total adoption of the first. That, uh, you know, suggests that you know, people are not installing apps. Or not finding them. In general. Yeah. Or not finding them. Yeah, because, well, I mean, right? and the, the, what the article also went on to say was if, if you went to an app store page, if your app is below the fold, people aren't going to find you. Like, people aren't... People yeah. aren't... We talked about that with the Apple TV. Yeah, people aren't surfing beyond the first really or two, second level. Like, we used to all... We all learned to do back in the day when we all had our devices and they were fresh and clean and new, and the app store was new. We all used to just go surfing through the store to see what was there right you know yeah. and, and uh i think new users now who are now uh they're not they're they're sort of the mainstream users of devices they're not at, they're not going to go looking for stuff right yeah nobody does yeah yeah and um here's another stat uh about monetization and this this obviously goes hand in hand with adoption right like you can't make money unless people are actually installing your app in the first place right so uh here's another study the top 20 app publishers okay they represent less than 0.005 percent of all the apps 0.005 five one thousandths mm-hmm, <laughs> of all apps but they make 60 percent of all app store revenue 60 percent goes to 0.005%. Right, right. Uh, you think inequality in the United States is bad, income inequality, but this this is yeah. something else altogether. That is brutal. So um, what do you do? <laughs> Where's the silver lining in this, yeah. right? Well, I've got, I've got one for okay. you. <clears throat> Let me propose one for you. You know, making money from the App Store is a fool's game. <laughs> so, if that's your, if that's your uh, yeah. If that's yeah. your goal. Yeah. Right, right. Um, we've, we've, we've come to this knowledge. We, uh, we understand this now. But it's still possible, I think, to make a living through the App Store. And uh, it just doesn't have to be at the whim of in-app purchases and selling your app for 99 cents uh, or giving it away and making money off the ads, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the iPad Pro points to a potential vector for actually making money and i'm thinking in particular of professional level apps right, right? uh so you think of um omnigraffle or any of the omni apps on the ipad which charge you know 49 dollars, for right. example 
uh, those guys are making a living selling their apps because they're high-quality apps that professionals are paying money for because they need them to do their right, job, right? right? And I think uh, the reason I'm excited about the iPad Pro is I believe that the people who are looking to migrate their work and their workflows to an iOS device are going to be very hungry for the best professional quality apps and will pay for mm-hmm. them. There's, there's kind of a dearth of them right now. There's not a ton. Uh, but over time, developers are going to step up and come out with, I think, much more robust offerings than what we're seeing today on the App Store. And that's been the big curse of the App Store, right? Uh, the, the economics do not reward the robust application because the hardware itself is much more casual, much more leisure-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up with, uh, instead of Coda for the Mac, you get Coda Lite, <laughs> or you know they called it Diacoda, right? So, but now that's changing. You know, Panic has come out with a new version of, of Coda, and it's just now Coda for iOS. No light, no diet. <laughs> and it's now a much more capable piece of software. And they're, they're continuing on that trajectory, too. They should really be charging more for it, but I don't run that mm. company. <laughs> um, but others need to step up into that, that kind of thinking. And I think there, especially when you're dealing with um, verticals, right? right? Uh, you know, specialized niches of people who need apps for particular purposes that are going to be willing to pay money for it, especially if they have an iPad Pro, which is basically like a, a Mac, <laughs> except one that they can carry around in you know without any problem at all and use it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that may well be the future. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. But I think um, it's not as grim as this article suggests. Right, and, and I think the numbers. I mean, maybe the, he thinks he's inventing somebody new but the numbers are similar to what charles perry was talking about two years ago in that study from the gartner group where a very very small percentage i think 0.01 percent of developers at that time were making money on the app store and that was sort of the beginning of the indie apocalypse if you will right where people started to realize it was there's not it's not there's no gold rush is well over right that's right yeah we even have a term for it what's that <laughs> Indiepocalypse, yeah. you said it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's funny because they talked about that on release notes this week. They talked about the Apple TV and their take on, on how people are are going to make money on it or what have you. And and there really are only, what, a couple of thousand or even a thousand uh, apps on the App Store currently, right, for the Apple, Apple TV itself, right? Something yeah. like that, yeah. So... But the problem is nobody in these in this first couple of weeks that the thing's been out, nobody's buying apps, right? And it also brings back to uh, another talk that I talked uh, brought up. It was the, the talk by Simon Sinek about um, start with why. He in in his talk talks about uh, the adoption curve where, and this is sort of what we were talking about last week with, with the Apple Watch. You know, all the developers and all the early adopters will selling the early adopters is not a challenge. Like you're gonna you're gonna sell ten of the market without you know without falling getting out of bed because you can't you're just going to trip over those users it's getting into the getting past between the the early adopters and the mainstream is the challenge getting people to buy beyond there and so i think now the app store apps iphones ipads are sort of in that sort of middle range now where now it's become it's just it's it's almost like anyone's game the the big players who are already as this article points out the ones who are already above the fold you know, who are already there in the top, you know, top five, rather the top 10, the Facebooks and the, you know, what have you, are going to, are going to just 
constantly monopolize the market because as the new users come in, they're told to go to the app store, they go to the app store. What's the second app they see on the app store? Facebook. Well, yeah, my mom uses Facebook. Well, my mom doesn't use Facebook, but your mom uses Facebook, you know, and, and everybody knows what that is. Oh, yeah, so of course I got to get Facebook. But the average user, you know, the mainstream user is not going to go digging for PCALC, for instance, right? You know, because they're, they're not going to, unless they know about it or hear about it, they're not going to go and get it, right? So the only ways that people are going to find apps now are through the traditional methods that have worked since Adam was a boy. Marketing, you know, television commercials, uh, newspaper commercials, billboards, and that kind of stuff. And that costs a lot of money to 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 get into and make, and make a, a living off, right? So absolutely true. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, you're, if you're, uh, if you want to make apps, yeah, sure. Make apps, but don't expect that that's going to be your day job, right. You know, um, or your only job, you have to diversify your interests. You have to, you have to be prepared to market and that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, any developer today who's thinking he's going to make an app and not put any effort behind it, you know, to get it, get the word out, even, even to his friends and, families is a fool in the making right so a fool already made yeah like like me <laughs> <laughs> well we try and push in there like magpie whenever we can you know yeah yeah man no it's it's funny you can't you cannot reach many people uh it's it's amazing it's really kind of mind-boggling really when you think yeah. about it um you know i i run into people and and when i tell them about magpie uh i often hear i don't need that or it's not of interest yeah. to me um, and th- those that that do express some interest say, "Wow, I didn't know such a thing existed." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, so you, you you do hear all things, but it's uh, it's impossible to reach everybody, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, unless unless you do have the scope of a yeah. Facebook. But you know, like even people like um, you mentioned Peacock, yeah. and that's an app that's uh, been in the store for as long as there's been mm-hmm. one. I I'd be surprised if he were in that. That one thousand top app list. Do you no, think so? No, absolutely. No, I don't think so. And um, <laughs> sorry, but, James. But if that's the case, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm prepared to be wrong on that. I honestly have no yeah. idea. But um, guessing that he's not, and he's still making a living. Like that's how he makes his mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. with PCALC. So hmm. uh, you can you can be say okay, say he is in the thousand. You know, what, whatever. Like I'm I'm flexible. Uh, <laughs> um, he's not. It does not have big adoption numbers. Right. You know, you look at that very cruel curve, yeah. and even if he is in that curve with those very, very low relative adoption numbers, he can still make a living. Mm-hmm. So there's hope, man. It's not. It's not entirely hopeless. Well, can, can, but you better have a really nice product, <laughs> and and put a lot of muscle behind it, and have a little bit of luck. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a podcast. That's how. Well, I was having a hard time yesterday. And you should really sell Tumblr to Yahoo for a billion dollars. That would help too. <laughs> uh, now it's not quite yacht and helicopter money, but it'll help. Yeah. Well, what can you say? P calc here. I don't here know. I don't know, man. P calc. Let's see. The best calculator. I'm just going on App Annie here to see if I can get any statistics on it. Hi, May. Why are you so quiet? Do you hate us now, no, man? I'm just taking it all in and taking listening. it in. Um, What's been on you your know, mind, Jaime? I, I do think with regard to tvOS one thing I'd like to point out is uh, and, and to be fair I don't think a lot of people are gonna buy a lot of apps on the TV anyways right mm-hmm. just like it'll follow the same power curve I'd be shocked if the number one wasn't in some sort of order Netflix 
uh, Amazon if it was there, right? It's not. So there's a big hole there. Mm-hmm. Hulu, you know, MLB, you know, like the ones that you would expect to see would be hugely um, adopted on first day. And then well off to the right is, you know, whatever the equivalent of Pixable is. But I think one of the things that also made things worse is I, I really do feel that Apple completely dropped the ball with the UI for tvOS on um, on the day of release and it, it made it a little bit better in the subsequent days but not having categories show up and you know considering that they do have a, a, a somewhat less than optimal way to use a um, virtual keyboard on there right where you go left to right in this long single strip yeah. instead of a two-dimensional grid with wrapping amongst the grid right um, I think that makes things worse. Like it's, it just looks like, Oh, there's no apps unless you happen to know the name of an app or you get lucky as you start typing in and it's like, Oh yeah. Um, what's it? Uh, flex. That's the one I was thinking of, right? They, they weren't in there on uh, day one. I think they're on the second or third day, but there was another flex competitor that happened to have flex in its name, yeah. right? Like that's simplex simplex. Thank you. Like that's that's baby pants. That's that's amateur hour. There's zero reason why they couldn't have had categories. Like it it doesn't like the charts. I could understand, right? It's like oh, the charts heavily influence what happens, and I could see where they're like, mm, let's get some usage first before we let the charts do their damage, deciding who the winners mm-hmm. are. Right? I, I, I could understand the the editorial slant on that, but not having categories. Like you've and got it's apps. not like they People don't have, have the info. Apps. Yeah, you know, like they, it's there. You know, like that that data is there. You know, what happened? I don't know. This is the same company that didn't, you know, push out the pencil and the keyboard on the same day as the iPad Pro launch. Yeah, yeah. Balls get that dropped weird. in Cupertino. I assume, I assume, like, manufacturing problems or something, because at least the keyboard and the pencil are new things. There's yeah. nothing new at all for no. tvOS apps, like, no. you know, as an app store concept. But, I mean, the, the, the thing what is what what's happening in the Apple TV is, and, and again, they talk about this in release notes as well. And I'm going to use their point in that, that people don't know that Apple's push is that there are now apps on TV, but the average consumer who sits in front of a TV doesn't even know what an app is. So there's going to be a paradigm shift. And, and as Jaime is trying to sort of say here, you know, there's a paradigm of, of what do you do on your television? You use, use Plex to manage your media. You know, you use uh, Netflix to watch shows mindlessly. They're, in Canada, there's Show Me and Crave TV, which are now um, syndicating uh, content back to TV. And I'm sure, I think it's Hulu in the States is a similar type service in, in the United States. Right? I don't know if there's other, other things like that, uh, Jaime, where they bring back, you know, previous seasons of shows similar to how Netflix does? you have services like that down there? Yes. So Hulu is the one that's owned by NBC right. in the United States. Right. Not sure about availability outside of the, the States, yeah. but um, Not at they all. have a lot of partnerships with NBC with, doesn't with know where Canada companies. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a national broadcasting company, not the international oh, broadcasting right. company. Yeah, right. And, 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 you know, what, three, two, th- three quarters of the as people in SNL are Canadians? Okay, guys, come on, come on, guys focus. So my, my, my point is that 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 uh, there there's a paradigm of of things you expect to see on a, on a television today, right? And what's going to happen over time, and and it may or may not, it may not it may take a while, it may never take off, and that is that's what Apple's putting their money behind is that there's going to be a paradigm shift where some apps are going to come along and they're going to create a new paradigm for 
for Apple TV and some apps are going to come along and make a new paradigm for watch, right? And some apps are going to come along and make a paradigm for iPad Pro. Like the people who are going to buy iPad Pro are, you know, the people who, who call themselves artists and sketches and architects and engineers and what have you. They're not your average guy who wants to play Crossy Road, you know? Um, That's exactly right. Yeah, so, so they're, they're kind of, they're creating this thing, but the thing about it is it were at such early days, like I, I keep coming back to 2008, right? When the app store first launched a handful of guys made, a, made some money, you know, same thing with the web, where the web was 10 years ago, or yeah, when, when Facebook and those guys and MySpace and, you know, tribe and meetup, I remember meet, I, you guys probably all use meetup now, right? Meetup was trying to be as popular as Facebook 10 years ago. I had a meetup account 10 years ago. And and it, nobody was signing up for it, right? But now everybody, you know, you go to any, you, how many meetups do you guys go to on a regular basis? Because you get notified through Meetup. It's now, it's now, it's catching on in terms of how, uh, but it's taken a while to get there, right? So, um, but there's going to be a new paradigm and I don't know what it is and I don't know what it looks like, but it's going to be, something is going to come out of the Apple TV apps on the Apple TV and something's going to come out of watch as well. And who knows what that's going to be, right? But you know, so we, it's kind of hard to sort of look into our crystal balls and figure out where we're, where this is all going, but I think it is going somewhere and it's not going to be where it is today. Right. I mean, we're, we, last week we were talking about, um, or last week, but last couple of weeks we've been talking about getting rid of cable, right. As an example, right. I'm still, you know, tethered to my television through cable, right. You, Aaron are no longer, t- haven't been for nine or 10 years. Right. I don't know how long it's yeah, been. Yeah, a l- it's been long, a long time. time. Yeah, so I mean, you and and you know, most of the like it, same thing with home phones. And I still have a home phone that sits here and calls my alarm company every couple of days, whatever. And the telemarketers call in and leave me messages, which I'll never listen to, right? And yet, every single one of my kids, you know, I've got my both both of my boys are married, and they've both got you know adult wives, and and they've got young babies and stuff like that. They don't have a home phone. They use their cell phones. And, oh, and, yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's right. another paradigm that shifted, right? Like, you know. Yeah. My own mother doesn't have a home phone anymore. Well, there you go. So, But I do. <laughs> that's crazy. But I mean, so, you know, but if you think about it, like, you know, I remember back in the day when, you know, the only way you could actually get a hold of somebody was to go to the kitchen, pick up this corded thing and talk to, you know, somebody on the other line. And, and you could only get a hold of them if they were at home. I mean, that's, you know, it's a joke by Louis C.K., but... That's where it was, you know, uh, how old am I now? So I guess 35 years, 40 years ago, that's, that's how we communicated with each other. Now we have these devices. I can communicate with you guys 27 times a day without thinking about it, you know? We are quite familiar with the capabilities of the devices in our pocket. Yeah. So, so you're saying what's going to happen next for the watch, for the TV, for the iPad Pro? And it's, it's right now. It's all wait and see, right? Like Pretty that's much. the thing we don't know Pretty yet, much. right? Something something's you know? going to take. I mean, it, like like Snapchat is like, you know, we're now talking about how badly Snapchat's doing in the market. Three years ago, we didn't even know Snapchat didn't exist. You know, yeah. so there's opportunities. Yeah, that sounds like opportunity yeah, for sure. And nobody snatched it yet. Like I mean, it's it's especially true on the watch. I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We and, and it's definitely true on the Apple TV, but it hasn't been that long, right? Yeah. But we do not see the watch as a huge uh, opportunity yet because not the way the iPhone we haven't seen was. anything iPhone, step nothing, in. Nothing no. is nothing. I mean, and, and that's I, I almost get angry with people when they when they they expect you know Apple's going to come out and Tim Cook's going to walk on the stage and you know the Red Sea is going to part and this device is going to flow up through the middle. You know, like, and I remember Steve Jobs repeating, it's a phone. It's a 
iPod. It's a, a widescreen video iPod. Exactly. And it's a breakthrough internet and communication. It's three device. times before people went, oh, oh, I get it. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, Apple sells shells. Yeah. Basically, yeah. these these empty vessels of opportunity, mm. and it's up to up to developers to fill them. Right. Um, and make their fortune if they can. Right. You know, but uh, you know, we can complain about Apple not not <clears throat> configuring the garden correctly for us to grow to our fullest extent in. Yeah. That's like that's <laughs> such like a metaphor. To Lego saying the Lego doesn't help us build this Death Star. Well, yeah, you know, I think it's it, little, there is a little different though. It's conc- there's concrete stuff that Apple could do that make that make things better. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. There's a lot of interference that they do that makes things actively worse, right? And so, <laughs> a couple things that I'll think of for let's look at watchOS and let's look at tvOS. Sure. WatchOS, the thing that they did, like that they actively chose to do, that made things worse, and I think probably hurts whatever amount of uh, potential innovation might happen in that space yeah. is not being able to charge for a watch app. Right. They decided, like, you know, you're not going to be able to charge for it, not even through IAP or other, you know, methods like, you know, freemium type stuff. I was like, well, why should I bother them? Exactly. <laughs> why do I want to do more work? But, Just you know, so on the I other hand... No, no more money? Yeah, but you can mm-hmm. say, like, you, you have to ship an, an iPhone app to have a watch app in the first place, right? So you can charge for that. Yeah, but it also comes even further back than, than the, the watch in, in terms of keyboard extensions. Sure. A lot of people, like like Marin, Marin Todorov, his talk at 360 iDev was about how when he heard you could make a keyboard, a custom keyboard, he thought, great, I'll make a custom keyboard, I'll charge for the keyboard, and you know, I'll, I'll make a few shekels. He, not, he wasn't talking about earth-shattering money, but he wanted to make some money off of it. And then he found out that he couldn't charge a single cent for it. You know, like what? Yeah, well, you can you can charge yeah, for but a I keyboard. Mean, but they they made they put so many challenges in the in in front of them that they that and you know like how it installs and you know it's it's like so convoluted in terms of getting getting the getting a keyboard onto your device. By the time you get your device, right. you're like, why would I even bother? Right? So yeah, well, there there's plenty of people that are making money doing that. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, yes, but <laughs> but I was talking about uh, from Jaime's point of view about, about the roadblocks Apple puts in way right, in our way. Yeah. Right? Well, some of them are technical. I mean, the Watch OS one is is a is a business one though, right? Like, yeah. Why couldn't you unlock the installing the Watch OS app uh, as an IAP? Yeah. Sort yeah. Of thing? Yes, it, it's delivered as part of the the iPhone app. Like that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a a technical limitation. But they didn't have to say like, oh yeah, you can't charge for these things, you know, for just for. So you've already purchased, you know, PCALC for iPhone. Oh, now you can also purchase, you know, for ninety nine cents more mm-hmm. the Apple Watch version. Right, right. Like why not? I mean, it, Tim, they they charged you for. I don't know. Did you get a keyboard? Did you get a pencil? Did you buy like you didn't just walk out with that stuff, right? Like hey, I just went and bought an iMac and I walked out with a keyboard and I also walked out with. You know, a mouse pad and all these other things. No, they they, they charge for those things, yeah, right? Sure. That, that's yes. additional revenue that they can make. Yeah. Cases. And- so, so I think they, they actively sort of made that worse. And going over to tvOS, I think what they actively made worse is actually a decision that they reversed themselves on. And that's not allowing um, apps to require a third party or a game controller, right? Like yeah. a traditional Xbox style controller. Mm-hmm. Um. That just you know the requirement, while it sort of makes sense from a certain point of view, uh, which I'll address, to have every game be somehow playable via the Siri remote, right. 
is is just dumb. It's it's bonkers, right? So a lot of folks have justified it with a oh well, you wouldn't want to spend a whole bunch of money on this app or game that you couldn't use. It's like um, it's technically possible to say hey, this thing requires a game controller. We will not let you actually buy it uh, unless you connect a game controller or you have at least have one registered with this apple tv these are all trivial things to implement like there's the sort of thing you just do over a weekend right surely a multi-billion dollar company like apple could do it they just <laughs> chose to make the experience that particular way right they, they made things easier in themselves at the expense of not only the developers but also the users right like don't even bother just don't even bother buying a game controller it's worthless yeah there'd be so few games it won't be worth the time and money well i mean and, and you're right somebody sat in a boardroom a bunch of executives or decision makers sat in a room and made that decision that's clear right um but just just as a there was a game came out yesterday rock smith or rock rock band or something like that something came out where you were required to have the the plastic guitar controller it just came out yesterday for the apple tv did you see that? I don't think I saw that one, but okay. Yeah, you know the rock band thing that you play on Xbox? Sure, but and, it, it, and you, it, you, it does nothing if you don't have the guitar. Well, that should not have made it through, according to Apple policy. <laughs> oh. I mean, if it did make it through, then there's some either some back channel going on, other app store, <laughs> or... <laughs> Or it's a mistake, and it's going to get pulled sh- soon. Really? Okay, I'll find it. I'll find the link. Yeah, find it. Let's, uh, you know, that could that could be a big boo-boo. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. And yet, as an aside, maybe it's almost more for us, because by the time this episode goes out, this will not matter for the listeners. So <laughs> hopefully you got the email just like everybody else, but there's the Apple TV Tech Talks oh, coming yes. around the, right. uh, oh, the yes. tour yes. related to that. That's right. Very exciting. And it's in Toronto! Yeah, for once. And one in Seattle, too. Woohoo! Who cares? Yeah, Toronto! people were discussing it. There was a, a Jim Rutherford, the uh, TVOS uh, week, or TV Weekly. No, Apple TV Weekly. I forget what the name of the newsletter is. We've, we've talked about it before. It was uh, jokingly asking, like, hey, how come they don't have it in Vancouver? And I was like, well, because if you have it in Seattle, all the Vancouver people can just come through. Same reason, like, hey, why is Chicago not on there? Well, because Chicago people just go to Toronto. Yeah. Well, that's tough. <laughs> you know, you know, Chicago and Toronto are, are kind of far apart, like compared it's to like Vancouver and Seattle. It's like an hour and a half flight. It's it's nothing. Oh, flight. It's like ah, right. Yeah. But you can drive for an hour from Vancouver to uh, Seattle. Is that right? No, it's like three and a half hours. Oh, is it? No. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver, yeah. but the people of Vancouver don't want to leave Vancouver. I lived in Vancouver for a year. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's funny because it's like a, an eleven-hour drive from t- Seattle. Sorry, Chicago to Toronto. Yeah. Uh, so that's not exactly the same neighborhood. There's no Chicago date for this? No, so Toronto, Los Angeles, There's Austin, Seattle, two days in Cupertino, Berlin, London, New York, Tokyo, and bringing up the rear is Sydney. Oh, wait, I had to, I had two pieces of real-time follow-up. I missed one. i got to go back to that one. But anyway, just on, in terms of real-time follow-up, I just pasted in a link there for... Looking at it now. Guitar Hero Live launches for Apple TV, but game gamers will need a guitar controller to play. Real time live reading here. Do 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 do. I can't focus when you're doing that song. Oh, sorry. I was just trying to entertain the the listeners. That's no. This isn't. Oh, this is wrong. This is a bogus loophole. Okay, so I'm going to read the for those of you who are driving. 
<laughs> or doing other activities that, where you can't stop and, and look at the show note. This comes as a bit of shock since Apple has a policy that games for Apple TV are not required to use an M5 controller and must be able to be played with the Siri remote must alone. Must be able to be played However, with the Siri remote alone. Yes. yes. However, However, the, the Guitar the Hero Live is not technically a Mephi game controller. And it's a custom peripheral that doesn't work with any other game except for Guitar Hero. They're, they're calling that a loophole? This is crazy. Well, there you go, this folks. Is just like, there's nonsense. your loophole. Who wrote if you this can, stuff? Uh, oh, if you can afford it, but... to make wow. your own if that, custom If this thing actually stays in the store... So this is just utter, uh, the policy you guys are just talking charge. about, right? Oh, it totally does. Yeah? Yeah, just because... The spirit of this policy is that you should be able to use anything you get from the App Store with your Siri remote. Right, right. Right? Like, that's the spirit of the policy, right? Doesn't that make sense? Who cares if the controller is an MFI or not? Sorry, what's an MFI? Made, made for iPhone. Oh, okay. Right? So, like, the um, the SteelSeries uh, game controller that Apple is officially sanctioning yes. uh, is, is an MFI mm. game controller, mm-hmm. right? So... Uh, but their policy, Apple's policy, is that if if your app, game, whatever, um, can't be controlled with the Siri remote, then we can't let it on the App Store. And that is a perfectly sensible policy. I mean, you could you could hate it, you could disagree with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a sensible policy. I can see why they made that decision. Mm-hmm. But this contravenes that policy directly, blatantly brazenly and so if this if this thing stays in the store and it probably will too because it's activision right like yeah. other app store and <laughs> you're looking at something that uh apple is making an exception on and i you know what i hope i hope people download this and get furious but it's probably free is it free uh, i'm not out. sure uh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to look at the... Oh, there it is. You can't look at the Apple TV. There we go. It is, of course, free. Uh-huh. Uh, with in-app purchases to unlock for $50. But the guitar itself, right? Is $50. No, $99, and it's it's available on the apps, oh. Apple Store. Well, so Apple gets a kickback for that. I don't know. This all feels like horse manure to me. Yeah. <laughs> Orc mischief. Mischief. <laughs> it's orc mischief. What do you think, Jaime? I so I just railed about the fact that like that's it's a terrible decision that I didn't think that it was good for game developers, nor was it you know good for users. And then we see this. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this is definitely a table flip moment. I'm like, come on, guys. Like I know we joke a lot about you know the other app store on this show, but this it's is real. Full on calls it out like. Tim Cook might as well just come out on stage. It's the guitar like, giving us the story. bird and say, "Hey, you see this guy over here from Activision Blizzard who just acquired um, my homie King, the makers of Candy Crush? Uh, yeah, right. they're better than you. Yeah, they will yeah. always be better than you. Yeah, they're both, We're going to treat uh, them. Make sure you drop your sixteen hundred dollars on your WWDC ticket next year. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, they're yep. <laughs> they're above the fold. <laughs> Tim Cook flipping the bird to developers everywhere. Let me pretend that you care about me just as much as you do these other companies. Just like, you're hurting the uh, the you know false reality that I have. This right. cone of silence, that cone of silence. The um, your delusions. Oh gosh, what is it called? <laughs> delusions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is a California knife in the back. 
Yeah, but do you remember remember when he talked about this? Like with last the last keynote he was at, he was pr- practically rubbing his hands together in glee, going, "Oh, look at the money I'm going to make off of this." I I called it right, you know. <sighs> the other real time okay. follow up I wanted to to throw out there, which I forgot about, was uh, I did find some some daily rankings for PCALC okay, on the App Store, and it, they are in utilities. They are in the top one hundred. Uh, worldwide and in the top 500 in 89 countries sorry in 10 countries they're, they're in the top top 100 and in they're in a they're they're in they're 109 in 109 different countries <laughs> they're yeah. in the top 1000 so and that's for the paid version of pcalc there's also i can tell you what the free version's doing hang on one sec well the free version doesn't matter um yeah it's, it's going to be you don't have to refer to yeah. James Thompson is they. Uh, yeah, he's just one he. guy. So yeah, okay. So uh, I stand corrected. He is within the top thousand. Seems quite handily so. Yeah, no, and and could, and and that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's kind of neat, neat stuff, right? So it's not like he doesn't exist at all, like most of us do on the uh, on these stat pages, right? That's for sure. Yeah, I wonder how Magpie's doing. Let's have a look. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> 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 what else do you want to talk about here? Do you want to do picks? Uh, well, w- it's looking like time. <laughs> Hang on, there were, yeah, it's true. But there were there were. Well, a quick note that I'll just jump in with is um, now we can invite more testers and test yeah, flight. So yeah. Apple bumped right. it up from one thousand users to two thousand users. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the the bi- the builds last from thirty days to sixty days now. That's the other thing. Oh, that I didn't see that. They, yeah. they didn't have that. In oh, the do headlines. they? How, how many days? 60 days oh, now. Oh, good. Yeah, because they keep expiring me. Um, why don't you lead us into your Dropbox thing? Yeah, so Dropbox just came out with its new V2 of its API that you can use to interact with it as an app. Mm-hmm. Right? And as an interesting point here, they've dropped Objective-C as a, a supported path, right? So they, of course, there's interoperability with Swift, but it is a Swift API. Right. Um, just full stop. So you, if you haven't, uh, you know, tinkered with Swift at all, like you're going to have to if you're a Dropbox developer. But I thought that was kind of an interesting line in the sand for them to draw. So this means that if you're if you're writing if you want to use a Dropbox API, you have to write the whole thing in Swift, or you can use the interrupt interruptibility and still use Objective C. No, apparently you can't. Uh, see, this is the funny thing. Okay. I'm looking at the Dropbox form oh. where people are actually complaining. Uh, if you see that. Uh, you, you posted the link, Jaime, to uh, Michael Sy's, uh summary of it. And it appears that having... Okay, so uh, real talk. If you're using an Objective-C app, you cannot call the Dropbox API hmm. because it's, it's not only written in Swift, it is unable, I guess, because of a lack of a bridging header or something, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. uh, it, you cannot interoperate with it. And it appears to be a mistake on the part of the Dropbox developers. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, I do know that there's some issues with interoperability where you can come from Objective-C to Swift with a lot of different types. Um, yes. But coming back, they're actually think, right, coming yeah. back, you can only use strings, if I'm not mistaken. So well, they, they're, they um, you know, well, those those things toll-free bridge, but yeah. uh, they need to... The, one, one Dropboxer here is mentioning this. Um, he's... 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm reading this. Okay, for those who haven't tried it yet, I just tried, and this is a developer Dropbox, I just tried and believe that we'll need to expose the Swift classes to Objective-C explicitly by inheriting from NSObject and adding the at Objective-C decorator. Right. Whoops. <laughs> they didn't know that until now. Or, well, the date of this post is October 18th, so this is a few weeks old. Well, clearly they didn't go to Greg Heo's talk. That's all I have to no. say. No. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so... Wow, yeah. these updates are wild. Like, there's a, this is definitely was updated since I uh, pasted the link. There's the one from June 9th. This week in Swift links to this thread, which makes it look like Dropbox didn't realize what they were doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well. Yep. So there you go. I mean, yeah, I don't... It's clear, like, I can understand them writing uh, their framework or their API in Swift. You know, it's the new hotness, and it's good. We should all be writing in Swift as we move forward. But... Um, to have made the mistake to make it non-interoperable with Objective-C and to have shipped it without realizing that. Oops. What? <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. It's it's bizarre, really. So there's, you know, there's, there's two things here, right? So uh, this is another Swift success story, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, you know, kind of a funny joke for <laughs> uh, Dropbox developers who, who blew it. Sorry, I'm just admiring my iPad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we wrap it up? <laughs> All right. So let's button we, her up. Let's go around the table like we usually do and see if anybody has any picks. So we'll stop at Aaron's desk and see if Aaron has a pick. Yes. I had to, uh, I think I actually mentioned this a few weeks ago, where I had an automated script that went to my bank website and pulled my daily transactions into a little uh, system that I built. Uh, of my own devising to help me uh, with my finances. Mm-hmm. So um, shortly after I, I finished building that tool, uh, my bank website, which had never changed in some 15 years, decided to do an update, and they remade their whole site in Ember.js, which is you know one of those fancy-pants JavaScript yeah. frameworks that are going to be out of date in about six weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the side effects is that the tool that I was using to scrape the site... Um, no longer works because it's all JavaScript rendered now. It's like one web page or something. And nice. You, you can't even see what's happening inside of it. And mm-hmm. so my my clever, super cool, helpful finance tool uh, became useless. And, right. you know, insert Aaron flipping tables and being furious and all that stuff. Yep. Many curse words were uttered in Whitby. So... I finally came up with a solution to this, and the way to do it is uh, typically using a tool called Selenium, which is an open-source framework for sort of automating a web browser, basically driving a web browser through a script and uh, making it click on things and you know returning the result, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Uh, but it's a Java-based tool. It's ugly and it's old and it's you know it's crufty and I didn't like it. But it turns out that the Mac has another solution, and it's called Fake. And this is a OS X web browser that you can program to do whatever you like. Right. And so the link is in the show notes, fakeapp.com. And what you do is uh, you basically open this thing up, and it's like a web browser. You type in an address, you know, starting point of where you want to start automating. And then you've got this large palette of potential actions. You can click things. You can fill out forms. You can uh, write JavaScript of your own. Um you can fill out form values. Uh, you can do all kinds of like you can do anything that you want, basically. And you put it into think about like you know how Automator works, right? Yes. 
you know, you basically drag and drop actions, and they get chained together, and then you can save it as a script that plays over and over and over again. And so that's exactly what I did. I, you know, went to my bank website, started chaining together actions, and saved it. And now every morning at 6 o'clock, this fake browser opens, goes to my bank website, and downloads my transactions for the previous day. And then uh, my my application processes it, and I'm back on track. So cool. Uh, really cool app. Like, this app has been around for a few years now. This is nothing new. Uh, it's made by a fellow named Todd I'll say it again. It's made by a fellow named Todd Ditchendorf. Um, and so he's made other browser-type apps like uh, Fluid Shapes and Runway. Uh, mm-hmm. Fluid app is like a, a uh, one of those uh, make-your-own-browser-type things. Uh-huh. So you can make an app-specific browser. So I used to use that, actually. So it's funny, you know, some developers tend to specialize around particular technologies. Todd right. Ditchendorf does that. So he's like the browser guy. He makes browser-like apps. Hmm. Um, so if you're interested in doing anything like that, um, you know, there's a lot of potential use cases. Um, fake works very well. Also, I, I, I'm happy to note that uh, Todd Ditchendorf on Twitter, at Todd, if I'm remembering right. Oh, sorry, at iTodd hmm. on Twitter, uh, was very responsive and helpful when I had a question about how to do something on using fake. And so, cool. um, yeah, great app. Give it a shot. Groovy. It, it's funny. I'm looking at some of those uh, diagrams he's got here that he's in this uh, shapes app, and they look very similar to the ones you see on the Apple documentation. Hmm. 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 Oh, it's a diagramming app. I see. Yeah. But it looks like a lot like those uh, diagrams you see on the Apple website. Um, okay. So oh, for programming, huh? let's see the programming ones. Yeah, well, I yeah, know what you're in, about. The, in the Apple documentation where they have like a diagram of how stuff flows in there. I, I was looking at a page earlier today, and I literally saw the same thing. Um, anyway, so hi, mate. Do you have a pick? I do, and it's um, Thumbzone, which is a website where you can drag a screenshot, and it will show you the hot zones for a user, a right-handed user's thumb on different models of the iPhone, the iPhone 5, 6, and the yeah. 6 Plus, including choke-up versions of uh, the 6 and the 6 Plus. So choke-up, if you think of that as like choking up on a baseball bat where you kind of shimmy your hand up the phone. Yeah. Right, and you can see this little like hot zone of, uh, let's take the iPhone 5, for example. So there's this white area that's really easy to hit right it's right within the natural range of your thumb and then there's areas that get harder to hit such as you know let's say like the upper right hand corner if you're a right-handed person using the phone in your right hand and then the hardest thing would be to hit the you know much darker pink if you're looking at the screen here yeah should i be using this on my on on an ios device or sorry misunderstood Um, i mean if you want to see like for yourself perhaps but i think the idea here is rather than having to get a design onto an actual phone mm-hmm. and see where the hot zones are which of course that's the sort of thing you should do anyways it, it's a little harder to iterate to just pass things through you know onto the device back and forth back and forth but if you have a okay what if we put the button here and you can try it out on your screenshots like oh man that button's gonna be really hard to hit on a six plus right, Look where it right. extends out to mm-hmm. like, okay well what if we move it somewhere else oh okay that's that's not so bad right hmm. something for folks to consider because i will have to say that um 
it can be a little bit hard to use the six plus you know one headed way if an app didn't properly do the slide gesture you know pulling from the left edge to go back right like it really sucks having to pull out your basically your other hand and just go tap the back button or put the phone down meekly go tap a back button so just something for folks to try out it's not a not a huge tool um maybe if you got these as a template of some sort it might be useful as well so I'm totally misunderstanding what you're talking about here because I'm looking at sunzone.co, right? Yes. So, but I'm on it, my it Mac. would be helpful if, you... yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay. So, so the... you can just drag a screenshot so, then. Yeah. So oh, drag a screenshot. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Just just make a okay. screenshot of yeah, something okay, you have yeah, on your phone, yeah. right? Yeah, I've got something. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I did. I took a screenshot of uh, Twitter and I, I, follow, I follow tossed it onto here yeah, from the six plus. Okay. And I look and I say, yeah, it's a. Uh, actually kind of hard to go compose a new tweet because it's all the way up in the upper right hand corner thankfully the back <laughs> thing isn't as bad because i don't tap the back button i usually slide over from the left to go back sure okay all righty then hmm? oh here's a simulator screenshot there we go okay let's try this one Sorry, just uh, it's curious because I, I wasn't sure. It does, it's not very clear to me that it, that it's actually a, a web form. Oh, there we go. And so that yeah, so it's, the, it's, oh, I see. For, so for those of you, the, so the sort of shape, yeah, yeah. So for those of you out there, it, it just says check the thumb. It's a very minimalist kind of page. It says drag your screenshot to check if you're in the hot zone. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the um, the tweet that's referenced below in the uh, in the footer. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be slightly confusing, but that's why I'm explaining it here. See, the idea is it shows you the hot zones for a right-handed person as to right. what would be easy to hit, what would be harder, you know, what would be kind of awkward where you're moving against the natural biomechanical way that you were intended to use your thumb. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because that was the, the big marketing thing about the iPhone 5 is that they made it the right size for your thumb, right? And then they came up with these crazy sixes. They retconned it. They what? They retconned it. You're familiar with the term retcon? No, I'm going to ask you what that means. Okay. Are you going to tell me? Oh, sure, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they remove it from the canon, let's put it that way. Okay, follow you. I think uh, the first time I ever heard it was for Torchwood. Jaime, are you on board with this stuff? Yes, retcon I'm much more familiar with from uh, comic book continuity. Yeah. Because retroactive um, continuity where, like, Iron Man is, you know, no longer from um, the Vietnam War. Like, he actually got injured in um, Afghanistan or something, I think. Right, oh, right. I forget right, what the right, modern right. take is. Okay, it's actually, I'm looking up the etymology of it. It's retroactive continuity, as you said. Uh, it's found in Elgin Frank Tupper's 1974 book, The Theology of Wolfgang Pannenberg. Wolfhart Pannenberg, sorry. Mm. And so there it is. Now, retcon. And, so that, yeah, it's applied broadly in comic books, but I also saw it in Torchwood. Now, That's Torch, Torchwood is sure. a Doctor Who spinoff, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And they had a drug that they called a retcon. Um, so there mm-hmm. you go. That's where I heard about it. But it's it's obviously much broader than that. That was supposed to be an in-joke that I was supposed to get, but apparently I didn't. I see. Years ago. Hmm. Okay. 
So my pick is uh, sitting down to lunch today with one of my nephews who's just turned 13, and he was showing me this game that he was playing that called Smashy Road, which I'm surprised he oh. didn't know about. Do you know about Smashy Road? Well, no, it's just, you know, I can see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so, that's, so in my defense, you asked me a totally different question before I wasn't sure if he'd pick You'd Smashy asked me if I'd, if I'd made it a pick, which, yeah. which I've not made it a pick before. But, but are you familiar that's different with, from me being you, familiar with it. Okay, so the, the next question I was going to be is, are you familiar with it? Anyway, so the gist of this game is, again, it's it's in the, in the voxel style, so it looks very similar to Karasi Road. In fact, there is a Smashy Road, which looks, it's more of a uh, played in portrait mode and looks more like Smashy Road, but this one's played in landscapes called Smashy Road Wanted, and literally it's like uh, what was that game that uh, Driver that used to have on the PlayStation, where you know you have this car, you're you're a wanted criminal, and you're in a car chase, and the idea is you drive and avoid all kind, and you can you know bump into other cars and there's ramps you can flip over and end up on your your roof and immediately as soon as police cars see you you're 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 a bad man Aaron so people are the no are Tim ch- you're a bad man they're gonna start chasing you and you have to and you literally it's like a, a, the left and right turning and you know you've got left turn left turn right and and you've got your foot on the gas and away you go and you just drive around and wreak havoc in this little uh, voxel world where you take out trees and there's, you know, ambulances and tanks and whatever. And again, similar to the uh, Crossy Road metaphor, you earn new cars. And then some of the cars are even more better. Like some of them are indestructible tanks and so on and so forth. You can get like a Formula okay, One okay. car that drives like stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's this thing called again? Tell me the name. You're not giving me a link, so you gotta, I got to search Smashy for it. Like kind of... Ro- uh, it's, the link's in the show notes. Smashy Road Wanted. Sorry, what's so the mechanism the for playing here? Is it is are you is your car smoothly running voxely um in an isometric way and you swipe to to change the you, lane? You don't swipe, you actually tap left and tap right above the where you see L if you stick on the second screenshot there's oh, like an L and an R there. Yes, I see that. So you're the little red 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 car in that screenshot there and you're just whipping along that road at like, you know, one twenty, one fifty sort of thing, right? So it's like spy hunter. Yeah, and and you literally come to a and you know you run on a road and you run into buildings and you know and the the cops try to box you in and so this is know. it's not actually I mean it has some commonalities with Crossy Road but the most the the thing it steals more than anything is the name right yes definitely look at the IAPs they're like four fifty nine <laughs> a pop yeah what yeah top in app purchase is. Tank destroyer, which sounds interesting. Yeah, crazy. And if you go to if you go to uh, if you go back to the app store and look at Smashy Road, which is the one that came before, it's much more vertical, like the uh, like uh, Crossy Road is, right? Well, well, this is Smashy Road. This is Smashy Road colon wanted. There's another Smashy Road that's a yeah. different game altogether. Oh, this is a sequel. View more by this developer. Okay, let me go to that. Oh, so is it <laughs> by the same monkeys. developer? Oh, there it is. I see that. Okay. Uh. Oh, there you go. They've iterated oh, no. on... Yeah, they have, because that looks concepts. a lot more like Crossy Road. Yeah, yeah. But obviously they specialize in the car racing genre, because that's... Uh, other than oh Impossible Bre- Breakfast, they've got... Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tim, man. I gotta say that uh, I feel you know a little what? dirty. I'm a little saying, dirty. I'm just saying, play it and judge after you play it. Okay. All right, fine. I trust you. I mean, because, you, you know, like, Crossy Road is like... Crossy Road is like Frogger. You, you, you jump four times and get smashed by a truck 
you're dead, right? Yeah. This one, at least you get to play for a couple of minutes before you're dead. Oh, uh, okay. If you say, like, <laughs> I, I get some play time out of Crossy Road. <laughs> Less frenetic. But it's, right. it's a fun game. It's a cool little uh, little time waster. Tell you, it had better be distinct from Crossy Road. I'm going to be a little upset here. Uh, yeah, the only the only commonality between Crossy Road and Smashy Road is uh, is is the voxel look and feel. Yeah. Okay. And and the um, the homage name that they have and the colored palette, <laughs> which Crossy Road itself was an homage name to Flappy Bird, right? And I don't know how much further it goes than that. I don't know if Flappy Bird was was based nah, on I something. Think Flappy Bird was the first, <laughs> but maybe yeah. this is the way to make. You know, we talk about ways to make money here. Like, look what these folks have done, right? I mean, yeah. got all money. No, how many? This is not how I operate. The beast I mean. top in-app purchases could you get? So, here's a, a free app idea, free game idea: Crunchy Robe. And the idea <laughs> is, it's an isometric view, and if it's you sushi, remember, and all you can when eat you were sushi little, lunch. No, no. So Crunchy, oh, crunchy robe Roll. Is, See, that would be different. Crunchy Robe, not Roll, because <laughs> Crunchy okay. Roll is. Uh, Certainly trademarked by the uh, the anime streaming company. Okay. Um, so Crunchy Rope, the idea here is it's essentially an endless hallway where you are a small child. And it's the middle of the night. You want to go get a midnight snack. But you got to walk past all of the open bedrooms of all of your, your kin. Right? And so imagine it's like Christmas time. And sleeping dog, things. too. Yeah. Yeah, and you're trying to go through, and you know, like the wooden boards kind of crunch a little <laughs> bit. So you, it's almost like uh, if you've ever played Metal Gear Solid, it's a spy game where yeah. you have to sneak in the shadows and and wait, and then okay, sneak past, okay, and then wait, and then sneak past. Yeah, here you go, free idea, Crunchy Robe, Crunchy Robe. Did you ever play Sheepdog and Wolf? No, never did. Well, you know, you know the uh, Looney Tunes where they've got the sheepdog who guards the sheep, and they have the a classic the, um, coyote, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's Ralph and Sam at the at the time clock. Well, I guess whoever came up with the game couldn't get the rights to use the name, so they ended up calling it Sheepdog and Wolf, and it's literally the same characters, right? And there's a the the sheepdog has this radar mode where his head tilts towards you and away from you, and as as he tilts towards you, he's more apt to hear your 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 step so you have to sort of you have to you can either walk or you can tiptoe to go and try and steal a sheep and lift up the sheep and then carry them away without getting spotted by this by the dog and of course if he hears you or whatever he runs over and bops you on the head and you start your your turn over again so you never played that it was on um playstation i think right back in the day i haven't tried it i'll have to check it out but i think it was actually a pc game that was ported over to playstation so lots of fun and it's one of these games where it had like 14 levels or something like that. And, and like rel- most of the levels were relatively easy to pass. And then the 12th level was impossible, right? And it took you like months to get past it. Lots of fun playing games. All right. So I guess that's it for the week. Yes? I think so. So, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Uh, well, still looking for work. If uh, I got some work, but you know, I, I could always use more. <laughs> yeah, we could all use more work, by the way. Yeah, yeah, who couldn't? Uh, especially if you're buying iPad Pros. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah. Um, and, but if you can find a client who wants to buy you one, then go for it. Um, my website is i n n o v e g h t i v e dot com, innovative dot com, and you can find out more about me and what I've been doing up to lately. And uh, hit me up on the web, and we can maybe get together and talk about some worky work. Sure. And Jaime, are you, uh, people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? 
on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. All righty. And my name is Tim Mitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I am T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And I guess that's it for the week, and we'll see you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find the summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press that recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. It's funny, I've been sort of playing around with some of the apps that are around. You can tell, definitely, definitely tell the ones that haven't accommodated um, size classes and stuff like that yet. Um, and yeah, totally surprised by uh, Paper by 53. I didn't even real, I didn't notice it when I first opened it, but the the palette that comes across the bottom is the extent, is the whole palette. Normally, you have to swipe left and right to get to the different tools and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so they've they've taken advantage, and you can tell like it's re- it's going to be really tough to get used to the the extended keyboard too, because you keep wanting to switch to the alpha numeric from the alpha alpha characters to the numeric characters. Right, you don't have to. But either. now they're well, you do. It depends on the app, right? Like, oh yeah, right. But for the most part, yeah. Like, so if you're in Slack or or Safari or whatever, and you you know you keep hitting the number thing, and you're getting emojis instead of numbers, which is yeah, kind of weird. But you know. Hmm. But it is, you- it's amazingly big. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you, you know, you kind of think, oh, 9 to 12, it's not that big a difference, right? And and I kind of wondered if, like, it was really going to make that significant, like, size-wise difference. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's huge. It's, like, double iPad is what it feels like when you're, when you're sitting in front of it. So. I'm looking at it in the simulator right now, and it's just, it's massive. I got to put it at uh, 50%. So the Just iPad Pro is in, in uh, Xcode 7? 7.1, yeah. Oh, 7.1. I haven't got 7.1 yet. Oh, maybe uh, that's what it is. Maybe they got 7.1 and then they were able to uh, test out their builds. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I guess if you had the 7.1 beta, you could have the iPad Pro size. Yeah. Yeah. For some time. Um yeah, yeah, no, it's just never in dawn on me. Hang on, let me see. Oh, I've got an, app, an Apple TV app open right now. Oh, yeah, Close. that's better. Close. Let me look at it open yeah. something recent open sesame getting that's started better. <laughs> getting started with safari view controller no that's not going to do it so hmm. now i just have to uh i have to ship a point update with uh an ios version yeah. of magpie that is one character different than what's there on the store right now meaning I, well i had to make a, a, the slightest possible change yeah to accommodate the ipad pro Oh, there's iPad Pro. I see. Yeah, I've got it here in seven. Of course you do. Hmm. Didn't, so, even, didn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, so having looked at it there, um, yeah, I just had to account for that size, and cool. We are all good. Okay, let me get Mr. Lopez on the phone here. So no, Mark's on his way to LA. So ah, see, we could have had Greg then, huh? I no, Greg is Greg has gone to another meetup today. So. Curses.
I know. I first thing I did as soon as, as soon as Mark let me know this afternoon or this morning actually. Yeah. So by the time taxes, I, I ended up. I ended up. I figured you know a hundred dollars for Apple Care wasn't such a bad deal, so I got that on there. Yeah. And then, which one did uh, you get? I got the one twenty eight with the LTE. Atta boy, that's the way to go. Yeah. And of course, by the, I, I could have got one at eleven o'clock this morning when I was there, but I had to, I was on my way I was on my way where was I just came back from the post office, but I had to go meet this family, and so I thought oh well I better go do that, and then I'm sitting there all the way through lunch going I wonder if I could go back down to the Apple Store and get one, and uh-huh. sure enough I come back, and of course the guy recognized me when I came back. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like oh yeah I saw you earlier. Yeah, me and three other people who asked about the iPad Pro today. But but they were all out of um, Space Gray by the time I got back. Oh, what'd you get? I got a silver. 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 I, don't, I don't mind. You know, it's funny. I've had the white. I've had three iPads with the white bezel. Because mm-hmm. um, what do I have now? My my iPad. But for the price of it, I should have got gold. <laughs> it should have been made of gold. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so by the time that like you know when I when I put the credit card in the machine and went to to do the number and it came up like seventeen hundred and something bucks, I went, Oof. ouch! Yeah, sucker punch. Yeah, it's like oh god, I should have asked him about the fan- financing options. You well, you could have. They would have been happy to answer that question. No, I don't. I, I, looked, <laughs> I looked at that. I wasn't sure. Like I know they have this three months deal. Is that that basically means you pay it off over three months, or you get three months no interest? Uh, I don't know. I yeah. couldn't tell. I've never, you. I've never got, actually gone there. So no. Yeah, because that would have made that would have made it a little little less stingy. But I figure if I can if I can um, sell my iPad Air two, then it'll help a lot. Some of the sting off. Problem but. is, iPads are tough to sell, man. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, they're awful. They're the worst. Like I, you know, I think I mentioned I tried to sell my iPad Air. Yeah. Yeah, you know, first first gen iPad Air, uh 32 gig LTE. Yeah. Um just couldn't do it. Yeah, no, well, like said, what I said all the all the times I've ever sold, I always buy the LTE cuz I want to have the LTE. Yeah, no. I've never been able to sell it to anybody who will take advantage of it. They're always like, "Oh, I don't care about the LTE." And then so you have to knock like 100 bucks off right yeah. away. Yeah. Or 100 135 I think is the difference, right? So. Something like that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.